Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Thrive. I am Gene Marks, your host and commentator. Uh, Today, I am speaking to Lee Henderson. Lee is a partner at EY, Ernst & Young, uh, and he is also in charge of uh, the EY Entrepreneurs Access Network. And uh, Lee has spent many, many years with a big four firm. I was with a big four firm for many years myself. So uh, we had sort of like a connection, like different, you know, wife used to work for EY. Well, that's a whole thing. But anyway, he is running the EY Entrepreneurs Network. And what EY does is they have this big support for small and mid-sized businesses. They're really well known for doing their uh, annual uh, EY Entrepreneur of the Year. They've been doing that for like 30 years. So the EY Entrepreneurs Network just came out with a new survey about Black and Latino small business owners. And I want to share with you what those results are. He will share that with you as we have our discussion. Um, and it's good news. In other words, that Black and Latino businesses um, you know, actually responded pretty well, got financing, did pretty well during, during COVID, better than was expected, although there are a lot of concerns about the future. Um, of minority business owners. And that's what Lee and I are going to talk about. We're going to talk about the issues that are facing minority small business owners, particularly Black and Latino small business owners, what the world can be doing for them, both corporate and personally, and what EY is doing for them, as well as what, what EY's, I mean, EY is a, EY is a big, you know, big four firm. They deal with Fortune 1000 companies. Why would they be interested in entrepreneurs? Well, the answer is really important for you if you are a minority entrepreneur, if you're looking for funding, you're looking for resources, and most importantly, if you want to get into a network of people that can help you grow your business, this is the type of organization that you want to partner with. So you'll learn a lot from Lee. It was a great conversation. And before we get to the conversation, let me remind you, if you have any ideas for topics or comments on the show, things that you might be interested in me talking about or people to interview, by all means, submit them. If you go to payx.me forward slash thrive topics, that's P-A-Y-X dot M-E forward slash thrive topics, you can submit whatever that interests you. We will absolutely consider it and and particularly, you know, potentially uh, choose those topics or a topic that you suggest for a future episode. So go on, give it a give it give it a shot. We'll love to uh, try and help you out, provide some good guests and advice to help you run your business. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to the show. Talking with Lee Henderson. We will be back in just a moment. All right, everybody. Thanks for coming back with us. I'm here with Lee Henderson. Lee, uh, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks. Um, thanks for having me, Gene. Pleasure to be here. Yeah. So. A lot to talk about. Um, I had like I, you've got this long title. You're America's EY private leader and executive sponsor, EY Entrepreneurs Access Network, which I'm sure gets in the way whenever you're trying to introduce yourself at a party or if you're out with friends or whatever. But just, just if you can, a little bit of background. What is your official title so we all know who we're talking? Well, about? I'm glad we don't have business. You know, we don't use business cards as much because it wouldn't, <laughs> yeah. it wouldn't all fit. But um, but yeah. So so uh, I'm I'm actually I'm an audit partner. I've been with EY 26 years. 26 plus years. I'm an audit partner. And, and in addition to that, um, I run our private practice or EY private um, leader, America's EY private leader. And effectively, Gene, the best way to think about that title is our middle market practice. So the middle market practice right. firm uh, I'm responsible for. And in addition to that, like you said, is we have a, a number of entrepreneur programs. And one of them is our entrepreneur access network program that we just started last year. It's a business accelerator for Black and Latino entrepreneurs, and I happen to be the executive sponsor of that. 
Got it. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna dig into that in a minute. I, I got to tell you, you know, we we have a lot actually in common. So I was I was at KPMG for like nine years, and I was in the middle market practice there. So um, you know, so I came up through there, and actually, my son is at PwC, and he's in their middle market practice. Oh, wow. You know, they're they're <laughs> entrepreneurs. Isn't that funny? So it's just it, it it's a great practice to be in um, for like a big four firm, sure. and and you know, I, I know you've been there for. Where are you based out of? Um, Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Have you always been dealing? I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. I haven't always been. I mean, this is my fourth office. So I started in the Bay Area um, in, in San Jose. Then I was in New York for a little while. I was in London for about four years. And I've been in Chicago for wow. about um, 10, 10 now. And, and my next wow. mission is to recruit your son. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, and but I should I should have even mentioned my wife was with EMY for about seven years. Oh, wow. She was in London and then she went over to the US, oh. but she was on she was on the tax side okay. and she hated every single minute of it. I just want you to yeah. know. So not everybody can love accounting yeah. like we yeah. do. Um and you're funny too, because your career is one where um, you know, there's EY is such a great firm. I, I mean, I've said I had a great experience at KPMG. Um, but yeah, it's a big commitment. I mean, you've traveled, yeah, like is. you said, you've had to change change locations and all and whatever. And uh, when my wife and I got married and she moved over from London, that was one thing that was like not going to happen, um, which is why, you know, the career at KPMG, I knew was not going to yeah. have a long, you know, a lot of longevity, but he was great. So, uh, so, so tell me, um, first of all, about the practice, like what is the, and the, you know, when we talk about the entrepreneurs or the middle market practice that you're in, um, I just want to establish, you know, big four firms, generally focus on larger companies, yeah. you know, the Fortune 1000, that's, that's right. where their bread and butter is. And they're looking for IPOs and hot companies to grow with and all that. But there really is a desire to nurture those smaller middle market companies. So can you tell me a little bit about your practice? Then we'll yeah. get into the whole survey. And the network absolutely. Itself. Absolutely. So so if you think about our practice, so you're right, it's an and, Gene. So you know, we, we serve a lot of those Fortune 1000, Fortune 100 companies as well. But our private practice or our middle market practice is we, we, it's about a third, about a third of the firm. And we look at it, mm -hmm. think about it loosely, sort of companies from startup all the way to three billion in revenue. And if you think about the entrepreneur piece of that, that startup, think about the entire ecosystem that sometimes we don't focus on. So you've got everything from the, uh, the family enterprises to um, private equity to VC to the entrepreneurs themselves, to um, uh, to our winning, you know, w women. Uh, we have a program called our Entrepreneur Winning Women program. We have this EAN program. We have our EOI program that we've had for 35 years. So there's a lot that's under the umbrella that's in that ecosystem of entrepreneurs. All right, Lee. So tell me about the EY survey that you guys just completed. So, um, so we just conducted the survey. We took a, a thousand, about a thousand entrepreneurs. We heard back from about a thousand entrepreneurs between the range of sort of 2 million to 25 million in revenue. And we just asked them a series of questions. And by the way, this is black and Latino um, entrepreneurs around the US okay. and just asked them a series of questions in terms of just um, in general, sort of the health of their companies right now, what they're feeling, what type of support has helped them, what do they see for the future? Etc. Et and the results were quite interesting, Gene. I'll tell you, both both positive and some things that we have to really pay attention to. Bring them on. What were some of the things that caught your attention? So the things that the things that stood out to me um, is is first of all, most of those entrepreneurs, I think it was pretty like seventy five or seventy seven percent of them, actually saw um, an imp improvement in results year over year. In the last twelve months, they saw their businesses actually um, increase or improve. And you know, not everyone okay. is saying that. And 
Right. Um, but, but as you follow through the numbers, a lot said that the reason for that was was truly because of the um, this intentional sort of attention that has been focused on black and Latino companies right now, just because of some of the economic and societal uh, challenges that sure. we face over the last 12 months. So that's really good. And also, there are several of them, I think the majority of them that also think that next year is actually going to be even better for them. But the one thing that really stuck out to me, Gene, was that people are really concerned that this is sort of a trend or um, this newfound attention is just a little bit of a fleeting thing. And yeah. the concern is that once this goes away, have we now taken two steps forward and, and expect to take a step back when when we dial back the attention? So that's that's right. what kind of stuck out to me. Were there any big differences between the black and Latino entrepreneurs? And and even before you answer that question, just to clarify as well. So this survey was only black and Latino. So it did not include Asians or That's Indians right. or any other type of minority That's groups right. or, or females, right. for example. That's, well, okay. yeah, not, so, not specifically females. Obviously, you know, not specifically yeah, females. So did, again, did, did did anything jump out of you as far as the differences between, you know, black and Latino entrepreneurs? You know, not much jumped out in terms of black and Latino entrepreneurs, but but it's interesting that, you know, you asked about the other, you know, beyond black and Latino, minorities yeah. beyond. The reason why we had focused on black and Latino, because if you go, go back and look at the numbers and look at the contribution that they actually make to our economy and then look at sort of VC funding, access to capital and so on, a lot are the same issues actually face these two sort of demographics. Um, you know, right. if you go back, I think a year ago, two years ago, the VC funding, I think in 2020, or I guess 2020, was I think 1% of VC funding, 1.5% went to um, black entrepreneurs and about 2% or just shy of 2% went to um, Latino entrepreneurs. So the challenges are those that access to capital, access to resources are very much very similar. The only difference that I see that's actually not in the survey is when you get to the Latino community, you tend to have a lot more um, uh, some somewhat stronger networks within the within the Latino community that sometimes could kind of bond together, come together to raise capital for, you know, for different entrepreneurs. That's the only difference. But that didn't show up in the survey, Gene. That's just sort of anecdotal um, that I've that I've seen over the last you know 18 months or so. Sure. So, Lee, I mean, you know, you've been here, you know, in this, you, you had told me earlier that you were, you were born in London, right? Or you were born in London. Right? Yeah, that's from, right. Born in London, moved to Oakland, California. I mean, you've grown up in the U.S., yeah, correct? That's right. That's right. right. So, I mean, you've seen, I mean, there is an enormous disparity between, you know, your know, white business owners and black and Latino, you know, business owners. What, I, I, and I don't know if this is an ENY standard, if this is your thoughts, but I'm, I'm just curious, what, what do you think needs to be done? Is it a matter of just throwing money at these business owners or is more than that needed? You know, I think more than that is needed. So, so first of all, you know, it's interesting because if you look at just within, um, you know, black, uh, black and Latino, but let's, let's talk about black because this stood out in the, in the survey as well. Sure. So black business owners, entrepreneurs tend to have about 12 to 15 times more if you look at their median net worth than their counterparts and non non business owners and entrepreneurs. So if okay. you think about the disparity, the wealth disparity in, in the U.S. between sort of black and Latinos and everyone else, you see how important entrepreneurship and business ownership is to sort of um, to, 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 to squish in that, to get in that a little bit closer. Sure. Now, as you talk about like sort of what needs to be done, throwing money at it, it's not throwing money at it. It, it really came down. So when we thought about we, we have our program, Entrepreneur Access Network, and when we thought about that program and really surveyed and said what exactly is needed, it came down to really three things that's needed. 
One was just a simple old, old network. You need yep. a network, you need connection, yep. right? That was the first yep. thing. So it's how do we give them access to this network? The second one was access to capital. And one feeds the other in this, in this situation, right, Gene? Network feeds the capital. Sure. And the third one was, we call it growth drivers, but I'll break it down. Um, it, it, it's really about um, access to sort of social capital, if you will. So resources, um, things like partnerships, alliances, we have a curriculum, so education around entrepreneurship. Some of those basic things, like I give you an example. We talked about quality of earnings, right? And we said, we well, I talked to an entrepreneur and this guy said, I just can't get capital. I can't get capital and or they won't give me enough capital. I said, well, what's the value of your business? And he kind of looked at me and said, well, our revenue is X and our balance sheet is X. I said, yeah, but what's the value of your business? And the, the, the thought was that un, helping them understand quality of earnings, going through that process and actually valuing your business. I said, if you walk in, and you say, I know this is the value of my business based on cash flow forecasts, et cetera, et cetera. And he mm -hmm. kind of looked at me mm -hmm. like, you know what? Great point. So it's giving them mm -hmm. access to that. That was that was also really helpful. So that, that's how I would break it down. Gene, I would say capital. I would say the the, uh, the the access to a network. And I would say just sort of education as well. Entrepreneurship education, if you will. Yeah, I got to talk a little bit about education. I mean, in, in Philadelphia, like the majority of residents in Philadelphia are black. And yet the, the grand majority of businesses in Philadelphia are white. And, you know, I, I grew up in Philadelphia, Lee, and, you know, the average age of a small business owner in this country is about 55 years old. You know, more than half of the business owners in this country are over the age of 50. And I think to myself, you know, like, if you're like a, a black person running a business and say you're in your 50s, you know, you know, when you grew up, you know, when, when I grew up, you know, in the 1960s and the 70s, it was really hard yeah. to start up a business if you were black skinned, right. you know, right. I mean, it was not a great environment to be in and the access to education to even how to learn how to you know, read a balance sheet, exactly. how to understand a finance, just, that's right. just wasn't there. It, that's right. You know, that's right. That's right. And, you know, and, and it's interesting, G, it, it's still it's still probably not as far um, advanced as, as, as a lot of people outside of, you know, you and myself um, think are getting yeah. credit. It, it still weighs off. I mean. Because, yeah. you know, one, one of the one of the things um, also that we saw was when you think about um, sort of um, uh, running a business, some of these entrepreneurs talk about, you know what, now that I've gone through this program, I realize that I've been working in my business as opposed to on my business. And yes. it's like you can be the best, so, let's say, software engineer, software, you, you're just yeah. you're just cranking through codes all along. But when is the last time you've actually stepped out of the business and said, hey, you know, what do I need? What's the value of my business? How do I actually, um, you know, create infrastructure? What invest, what technology do I need to invest in? Do I have the right people? Some of those, these folks say, do I even have the right people on my board of advisors? So these are some of the things that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, when they dig in, they're just like, they know their stuff and they're just working on their business. And you don't scale that way. You got to be able to step out of it and say, how do I actually invest the right things to be able to, uh, to scale. You know, there, particularly because of Black Lives Matters and the protests, I mean, the there's been such a huge amount of awareness raised um, to help Black-owned businesses around the country. And let's face it, corporations and, you know, white America have been trying to, you know, falling over themselves to, to kind of That's do great. their part, show their support, the whole, you know, the whole whatever. Um, and yet, you know, I, I still see so much funding 
for black owned businesses still go kind of untouched. You know, I mean, I see, you know, there's community banks, there's, you know, CFDIs, there's, you know, all this, the small business administration has got mandates to try and fund lower income areas or whatever. And they're still having a hard time. And I, I just, I, I'm wondering, you know, like, why do you think that is? Do you, do you, is it a lack of awareness? Is it a lack of confidence? Yeah. Yeah. Is it a lack of education? It's a combination of all those yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. It's it's um it, it's a great question, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm laughing because as we were going through and putting together this entrepreneur access network, we we were speaking to both sides. We had these companies that were coming to us and saying, "Wait a minute, we have money." Yes, <laughs> but we can't find. Yeah, the, there's money. Yeah, there's money, yeah. and we can't find the entrepreneurs. Yeah. And then we had these entrepreneurs on this side saying, we need capital and no one would give us capital. And it was an interesting, yeah. it was an interesting space, Gene. The reason why I was smiling is you're asking the question because we were saying, we were trying to solve that. And, and the, the thing I would say is what I found is it's all the above of what you said. It's, it's, it's the confidence. It's the, how do I actually go and access that? Because you still can't just show up to Gene and say, hey, Gene, heard you had some money, right? So it's, yeah. we talked about education. It's really understanding do you know how to present yourself um, to actually get that money? And some of the education, some of the curriculum that we we um, we shared, we brought a lot of outsiders, folks outside the firm who are actually people who evaluate companies um, to, to provide funding and stuff to help these, these entrepreneurs understand, here are the steps that you need to take. Here are the questions that you're going to be asked. Here's the things that you need to be able to answer. Because again, I think a lot of it is, an ed- some of it's an education gap. And Gene, I, I go back to the res- the um, the access to the network. You know, sure. if 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 you think about Black and Latino businesses, they have when you go to a bank. This is this is um, something I read um, a while back. There's some numbers that show there's a significant disparity between being able to get a loan and not get a loan if you have Black or Brown skin, and if you yeah. do get a loan, there's statistics that show typically. It's at a much higher interest rate because yeah. your non-black and brown counterparts, those businesses tend to be perceived as a lot less risky, right? That's the thing. So why is it less risky? It's less risky. It comes back again to the network. So, Gene, if you and I are friends and I put in a phone call or you put in a phone call, we know each other and you know the banker, I know the banker. It's all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, I got a call from uh, from Lee. This is this is Lee's cousin. Um, so he's, you know, business is probably fine, right? As opposed to walking sure. up the street. So it really comes back sure. to who's your network and who do you have yeah. access to, to help you actually get in the door. So it's a great, it's an interesting question, but it's one that we really, we had struggled in the beginning. We were kind of like, what's going on here? There's money. There's no money on one side, money on the other side. How do we connect this? So that's a lot of what we're doing right now is trying to really connect the dots on that. Do you think that's changing? I mean, I, I mean, I, when I hear when when I watch online, I'm really I'm, I'm active online, Lee, right? And and you know everybody you know has issues about racial disparities today. You know things with you know gender, things with you know discrimination, things with harassment, females in the workplace, all that kind of stuff. All of it like valid and legit issues. Um, but then I think back to the way things were. God, when I was born in the mid '60s, mm-hmm. you know how things have changed over the. Fa- I mean, it's not changing overnight, but things have improved. I mean, do you? The, the new up and coming, you know, generations of black entrepreneurs, um, do you think that they are, you know, are, you know, th- that will change the, the dynamic? I do. I do think it's changed. I, I'm, I'm really optimistic. Um, but there's a couple of things. I, I'll share another statistic that was in the survey and then I'll, then I'll, then I'll, I'll share another thing with you. So 
when we looked at the survey, they said that the Black and Latino entrepreneurs said this, this, this attention that they got really made a difference. They were uncharted territory. And there's numbers where these companies saw 45% increase in attention from existing customers in terms of revenue and 35%, Gene, from brand new customers that they never um, had access to, right? They never had wow. access to, they never really saw. So talk about sort of right. the attention around there. The, the thing, though, that really needs to change to move the scale is there's a, there's a lot of money out there. But what needs to change to make sure it happens is, are you going to, if, if I'm actually an investor, do I still just have my, check, my checklist to say, hey, if you haven't met this and haven't met this, you're out of here? Or am I going to differentially invest? And when I say differentially right. invest, meaning... Do I really understand the dynamics of a of, of a black entrepreneur that's that's um, that has a black hair care product that is actually based on the south side of Chicago? Do I really understand the metrics behind right. that specific company? And when we start to put people at the table who have the vision to actually go and understand that company, that's when you're really going to see this money start to really exchange hands. And that's where we're not quite there yet. I think the money is there. Right but we're not really making the differential focus and investment on that community yet. So the EY Entrepreneurs Access Network, um, you know, the goal here is to take black and Latino. And, you know, for some reason, I always seem to focus more on black entrepreneurs than Latino entrepreneurs. And that's to my fault because they're, they're no more or less important. But this network is going to be, you know, is focusing on these entrepreneurs, providing them capital, providing access to a network, providing them with resources and education. Um, Lee, what are your metrics here? Like, how do you know that this thing is succeeding or not? Yeah. What are you going to be looking at? Well, you know, we, we got down to the real basics. So we first said we our first class, this pilot class was 120 entrepreneurs that we selected. So there's, there's an application process, James. We go through an application process. We, um, we look to see if the businesses are scalable, if they're businesses that we can, you know, share with others and so on. And um, our first thing, we just said, we just want people to show up. It's 12 months. Let's see how much engagement we get. And here's yeah. an interesting thing that popped up. Unfortunately, we had a couple of companies that came, showed up and said, hey, look, I thought this was where you got capital, right? So I'm mm. out. And I was talking mm. to a private equity friend of mine and he said to me, he said, Lee, that's what you've got to educate people on because people need to understand going through something like this is exactly how you get to a place of getting capital because what you're sharing mm -hmm. with them and helping them understand and educating them on is really how to run their business, how to actually ask for money, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I just think, Gene, that if I look back at the metrics right now, I would say we've had tremendous amount of success. Some of the companies in the, in the cohort have been able to get in front of folks to sign big contracts. They've gotten significant funding. They've formed alliances and so on. So we have some quantitative uh, measures that we're using to measure. It. And the first cohort, this pilot group, has been really successful. But how I'll measure it going forward would be, I would say, employment, um, mm -hmm. the revenue increases of these companies, which we'll take credit for, even though it's not all of our credit, mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. just how these particular entrepreneurs that we're tracking end up sort of investing back in those um, communities, how they're mentors mm -hmm. to those other younger entrepreneurs as well. Yeah, I would, I would definitely do. I mean, if I was, if I was running this program, I would probably say to sign on for this, you really do have to have full transparency and share with us, you know, your revenues and your profits, sure. and your number of employees, just a few key metrics in your business. 
you know, on day one when you join us. And then honestly, over the next five, hopefully you'll be doing this for a long time, three years, five years, 10 years from now, um, coming back to that, you know, to those same classes and saying, can you update you, these numbers? That's, and, yep. That's, that's, that's a great you know. point, Gene. Yeah, that's a great point. But, you know, uh, and, and we do because we do have that information because when they go through the application process, they provide us all that information. Sure. And, and I should share with sure. you, um, Gene, in addition to the curriculum that I share, this 12 month curriculum, they actually. So when you come through, if you are one of the entrepreneurs, the first thing you get is you have an EY person that is sort of your we call it our, your EY ambassador. And the job of sure. that person is really keep you mentor. mentor, keep you connected to the firm, yeah. open your Rolodex, right? Then yeah. each entrepreneur will also have an EOI. And I'm not know if you're how familiar you are with our EOI program, our Entrepreneur of the Year program, but one of our successful sure. entrepreneurs that have gone through that program as a mentor as well. Then you have this curriculum. And then there's a ton of, um, of sort of uh, marketing and media stuff that we've done behind some of these companies, mm-hmm. in addition to Great. all of the conferences and so on that we're a part of. These, this group is connected mm-hmm. to as well. So it's a lot of benefits and we've really had seen some really good success stories um, that I would love for you to meet um, over the course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, boy, I mean, you know, the sky's the limit there. I mean, you could be feeling, you know, you know, creating your own, you know, LinkedIn groups or Facebook groups just for those members right. and, you know, and joining other experts in tax or marketing or technology or whatever to like join, have them part of it. So these guys can access these people and, yeah, there's a big benefit being part of this That's network. Right. So you talked about it. I, we only have a couple minutes left, but you, you did talk about there was an initial group that you brought on, Lee, right? So what, what what's the progress here? What's the plan going forward? And if I'm a Black or Latino entrepreneur, uh, number one, what makes me eligible? And number two, how can I apply? So um, it, so one is Evergreen Community. So that group that just sort of graduated, if you will, they will continue on to be a part of this community. And a lot of them have Great. also signed on to be mentors of this um, of, of of this next group. Um, to uh, to qualify, um, it really is if you have a business that if you've had a business for over two years, right? So we want a business that has been going for a while and um, for two years, and you feel it's a it's a good scalable business that we can help that you can see being much much larger. That your dreams of this business is to much be much much larger than it is today. Then effectively hmm. you qualify um, to apply. Then we go through an application process and we make a selection um, based on on a handful of companies. The cool thing about it is, Gene, when we went through the first year, we'll do this the second year as well. Everyone is connected to EY because we selected 120 companies from about a group of close to 1,000. All hmm. those others that were not selected to be a part of the cohort, we have what we call an on-demand program as well. So all the recordings hmm. and stuff from the curriculum, all the thought leadership that's being sent is sent to is is sent to everyone that has um, that applied for the program at, at some point. And where do they apply? They um, ey.com slash EAN entrepreneur access Got it. network is, is where they're I just I have to say in closing, guys, I mean, if you're listening to this, you're watching this um, and you are a black or Latino entrepreneur and you do have a business that you think is somewhat scalable, that it will be growing. I mean, like like you were talking about, Lee, um, in this country, like in any country around the world, it really is about who you know. It really is about your network. And to have the opportunity to join a network, to join the sort of uh, the the world, the ecosystem that an ENY provides um, is like a huge, huge leg up to help your business. Um, and if your business has that kind of potential and you're willing to put that kind of you know effort into it, uh, I mean, I'm assuming, Lee, I mean, just from, from ENY standpoint, you could be introducing 
you know, those those people that are part of your network to other people in your network Absolutely. as well, really helping them. Yeah, yeah, right. That's right. You know, in fact, you know, I'll, I'll share this data with you. So, our Entrepreneur of the Year program has been going on for thirty five years. We just celebrated our thirty fifth yeah. year of it, and this is Amazing. these are companies that are now Fortune one hundred companies that went through it twenty yeah. thirty years ago. Those are part of the network that we're um, connecting these entrepreneurs to. We have our Winning Women program that we've been running for about 14 years now, 750 winning women across the world, by the way. That's the network of, of, of companies that and entrepreneurs that this group is now connected to. And that's what um, that was our intent. That's our intention. And that's what's been working really, really well. There, there is one final thing that I uh, yeah, that I do want to say, and I, and I do mean this. You know, rather than a, you know, a government funded program, which is just, well, it's a government funded program. Um, e, e and Y are looking for their own future. I mean, they they want to help out Black and Latino entrepreneurs, but honestly, and good for you, um, the, the firm is a for profit business. You are looking for good clients to help. That's right. I mean, if you Someday, you know, I mean, to, to, to list E&Y among, you know, as your accountants has proved that you have reached a level of business success and E&Y on the other side is that they're, they're looking for those companies right. as well to partner right. with an early stage. That's right. so, yeah. Yeah. For many um, reasons, we want you, we want these companies to be billion dollar companies and fortune 500 yep. companies, um, you know, in the future for sure. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. All right, Lee. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run through your title one more time, and you interrupt me if I if I'm getting anything wrong. You are Lee Henderson, America's EY private leader, an executive sponsor of the EY Entrepreneurs Access Network, and you're an audit partner, right? That's right. The, That's and again, right. is it is it the middle market practice, or is it well, what, it, again, what it, is the, the practice technical title again? is um, EY's America's private leader. But, EY's America. Yeah, okay. but but, to, but you, I mean. Gina, and this, I know this is recorded, but you may you probably won't use this, but you know how it is in the firms. We all have the titles in the firm that sometimes no one understands yep. outside the firm. So, yep. so whenever I say that, people look at me like, huh? I just say it's middle. <laughs> Everyone understands middle market kind of, right? <laughs> so I yep. just say middle yep. market. So. It's funny about that because middle market has been a term that's uh, <laughs> kind of survived the decades. Oh, yeah, <laughs> It's been around for a while. Yeah. It really has. Hey, Lee, uh, thanks so much for joining me. Great. You're doing great work. And I hope that you guys um, continue this program for a long time. Please, my, my final parting words to you, don't don't make this a one-off thing. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you know, hopefully you're with the firm for another 20, 30 years. And, and so should this program be. It's a long-term commitment. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Yeah, that, that was a concern, Gene. And, you know, looking at the cert, the concern of those entrepreneurs were like, you know, if this is, if this is just a one-off thing, this is not going to work. But you know, the, the cool thing, and I know we're, we're off, Gene, but I'll just say one other thing that I was going to share with you. Fine, go ahead. The really cool thing that we found out about this EAN thing that was amazing is how infectious or contagious or whatever the word you want to use is with other companies. Like the first six months, I feel like I was on the phone with a Fortune 500 company like every week asking about, hey, how can we help? We want to do something similar. Can you help us? I mean, I turned into like consulting with companies on what they want sure. to do. And this is the beauty of it. I actually talked, spoke to a, to a executive just the other day from a pretty big company as well. And he was concerned about copying it. He was asked me for ideas. And I said, like, you know, I don't want to, you know, we don't want to. Co I said, look, copy it. I said, this is, we need as many of these as possible. I said, there's no pride of authorship on this thing. This is just, this is just a start of something. So the more companies can can do this and copy it and do their thing is 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 the better as long 
the only thing I said to this guy, I said, just make sure that you're that this is you keep you're keeping it real and you're doing this for the right reason. And you're really going right. to because we had so many companies, Gene, that came in. Microsoft is one of our is a national sponsor, by the way, of it as well. We had so many companies that came in and they wanted access to this group so they can really kind of their pro self push their product. Yes. Well. Yeah. And we said, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's not what it's about. Right. If, 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 if there's something that you're given for free lending and whatever, yes, we're all kind of betting on the come as yeah. a part of it, but it's also, yeah. we're doing it because we think this is, we have a platform and this is absolutely the right thing that um, needs to be done. Yeah. And let's not forget, I mean, EY itself is, um, I mean, they're investing a lot of resources. I mean, you said you're spending half your time on this at a you know, partner level compensation, let alone right. the support and the admin and the other resource. That's a that's a, a big investment right. to be made. For sure. Um, and I think anybody else that joins us has to realize they've got to make the investment right. as well. And it's not um, it's not just for personal game or corporate that's game. That's right. Um, Lee, thank you very much. That was great. Thank you, Gene. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021, all rights reserved.